<laughs> I join you from the chair and not the bed today. So, you know, we're back. I'm back. We're back. <laughs> so, let's talk about mental health. Bing, bing, bing. So, even though this is a bit of an unfamiliar topic, I think it's really important. And obviously, because it's unfamiliar, there is a lot of lack of transparency as to what mental health hospital programs are really like. And I, for sure, did not know anything when I was in high school. And I kind of just thought that it was something that I had seen in like TV shows or movies, but obviously it's really different in real life. So this is a pretty old statistic, um, it's from the 1990s, but of the 5.4 million people diagnosed with mental illnesses, only 7% of them actually needed hospitalization or a hospital program. So that's probably why there is a lack of transparency on the issue um, and not everyone who's experiencing depression or mental health, like if you're curious and watching this video, you probably won't need to go through a hospital program, but there are people who do need to go through it. And I was one of those people, as you can probably tell by the title. Um, but on the flip side of statistics, let's give you a little cultural example. I read this book called It's Kind of a Funny Story in the beginning of my high school experience, and about it's about this kid named Craig, and he checks himself into a mental clinic, but he's a kid, and they just don't have a youth program, so what ends up happening is that he gets put in the adult's wing, and he like meets a lot of adults, different kind of people going with different mental illnesses in the mental hospital. Uh, so it was really interesting, um, a few years later when I had to get checked into a hospital program, and I was like, holy shit, I was like, I feel like I am living this book slash I am in a book right now. Um, I don't know if it was a good book, <laughs> as you can tell by the title. It was a little bit crazier than maybe the typical hospital program inpatient experience, uh, but that's what we're going to get into now. And it's kind of a hellish place, so I think it's really important that people know more about it. So to be specific, I was in an inpatient hospitalization program. It's kind of hard work to say, um, but there are different hospital programs. For example, some people live there 24 hours, um, and I never went through that, so I don't really have experience on that, but I will be talking about the partial hospitalization program that I was in. So how do you get into these programs, specifically the partial program that I talked about? So for me, in high school, I had been visiting um, one of my counselors for months while I was going through my depression and going through the rough of it. And there was one day that I emailed her at night, actually, um, and I just told her I felt like I couldn't take it anymore. Um, and I was really nervous that within the next few days, something really bad would happen. So. She was really, really, really great, and I don't know how I would have gone through the whole process without her. But the next day, she was like, okay, definitely come into my office, ASAP Rocky. Um, and I went in, and she told me that because it was so serious, that she, one, had to contact my parents, which was really scary because um, typically when you meet with counselors and therapists, uh, they have a confidentiality agreement, and they don't tell your parents unless there's something super serious. Uh, or if you are in danger of harming yourself or others. So she told me that she had to tell my parents and I definitely understood because as I said, it was getting really serious and I was like really worried for myself, for them, for everyone on planet Earth. Um, so first thing was that she called them in and they actually came from work uh, and I sat in the office with them, with her, 
and that was like one of my lowest points of the whole experience of honestly my whole life like I never told my parents really how bad it was getting and the extent of it I had mentioned before that I thought I was going through depression um, but I have Asian parents love them but mental health isn't really something that they're familiar with they're not taught about it um, when they're younger so they didn't realize how bad it could be and so she kind of led the charge in terms of explaining what was going on saying that um, I was thinking of taking my own life and that more serious steps needed to be taken beyond me meeting with her and me meeting with a therapist and as I mentioned it was super super low because I couldn't even look at my parents I really was like staring at the ground because I was like I just felt so bad because I felt like I had let them down as a child but even more than that I felt really guilty because ah, I'm getting emotional <laughs> um, but I felt really guilty that they would feel like they had failed as parents and I always told my therapist like it was never anything related to my parents um, they did you know the best they could and for some people their depression definitely is linked to their family and their parents so you know, it's just a different experience, but for me, I was really, really fortunate, and I'm still really privileged to have parents that have done their best to support me through mental health, uh, even though it's something they don't personally understand. But anywho, so this is about how I got into the program, so um, yes, so they called my parents, and then the guidance counselor recommended that I either do a full um, hospitalization, I guess, stay, where, yeah, you're in there 24 hours, and that's kind of like the book that I read, um, or I can do a partial hospitalization program, where I'm an inpatient, and um, the 24 hours a day thing sounded a little scary to me, and I had read the book, so I was like, Mom, Dad, I don't think that's, that's it for me, uh, and I really love my home, so I didn't want to do that, and my parents agreed with me, they were like, I don't know if you can survive that. Um, so I did the partial, this is such a hard word to say, I'm going to have to say it like a hundred times. Inpatient partial hospitalization program, you can say it with me, inpatient partial hospitalization program. Um, so we decided on that and that was where uh, I would still live at home and everything, but instead of going to school, uh, I would go to the center and yeah, and spend a whole day there and then come back at night. And this was my last month of senior year of high school for context and that will kind of become important later on um but yeah and then the next thing i knew i had to go get a professional um psychiatric evaluation before i could get placed into this program and that was when the i guess doctor officially finally diagnosed me with clinical depression and that was the first time i'd ever been really professionally diagnosed and I always knew that it was like within me but I guess hearing it from a doctor whose job is to like look at patients all day it felt a little different and it really hit me and I was like wow I was like this is happening but on the flip side typically people get into these programs um, it's definitely not the first step right usually you're gonna go through therapy uh, you're probably going to talk to a number of different people um, but this is, I'd say, for more dire situations when you just realize you need like an environment um, at all times for most of your day that's really geared towards your mental health and you might have already been taking medication, things like that. Um, but yeah, so not the first step, it's way down the line of the, the journey. 
Alright, so how does it work? So as I mentioned, part of the phrase that I don't want to say again, one of the words is partial. So you are only there for like eight hours of your day, like school or like work. Um, and the different programming that they have is they have group therapy sessions, uh, they have one-on-one -on -one therapy sessions, and they have a lot of different activities. Um, and so that on the surface all sounds okay, but honestly, everything was pretty dull and there's no life to it. And I was in a youth program, so I wasn't 18 at the time, I was still 17. Um, so there was like arts and crafts, and sometimes you'd like sing along to someone playing a guitar. But I swear to you, like 90% of the time I was there, I was just like, is this even effective? I was like, where are the studies that show that like all this stuff is working? Like I felt like it was these placeholders and it was just the center where they were doing everything possible, right? Like, yeah, these kids are like put in activities, it's fine. And like they got funding, but I was like, who is checking up on these programs to make sure that they're real? Uh, maybe what was the most worst part of this, this experience, and there were a lot of, there were a lot of bad things, um, was the interactions with the therapists, actually. So these therapists, because they work specifically in these programs, they see people going through, you know, the most brutal extent of it and because of that maybe they are less sensitive to different stories but at the same time they're less trusting and they expect you to be really 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 bad with your mental health and with your depression at honestly all times and so for a concrete example because I feel like that doesn't totally make sense I would meet with my first therapist I don't even remember her name anymore because I just blocked that out of my mind, but she essentially didn't believe me when I would tell her that I was feeling like okay sometimes. Like she would ask you on scale one to ten, ten being the worst, you know how how bad are you feeling with depression? And there were times when I said you know like four, and she'd be like oh really? And then I was like yeah, I was like I'm a four, um, and then. She would tell me, oh, you know, this is a safe space, you can tell me anything. And then, at face value, that sounds really good, but the way she was saying it, I almost felt like she just truly thought I was hiding a lot from her. And I was literally at the lowest of the low. I was at the bottom of the, the well, you know? The well of life. I was at the bottom. I had nowhere else to go. This is what I had to do in order to not, you know, take life away from me. So, I no reason not to be honest at that point. Um, she would ask me like, oh, are you having trouble showering, trouble eating? Uh, I was like, no, I'm not having trouble eating. I love food. <laughs> I still love food. Um, and I'd be like, no, I think I'm, you know, I think I'm showering. She's like, really? She's like, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure if that's, that's true. And I was like, I mean, I don't know if I smelled bad. I don't think I did. <laughs> All in all, um, after going through this for only like a week and a half of this the same every single day, um, I lied my way out, as the title says. Or, wait, shit, titles are down there now, I think. But anywho, I lied my way out of therapy and this whole inpatient partial hospitalization program. Um, how I did that was, yeah, I just can, I actually started lying during my therapy session, saying it was fine. Um, saying that, you know, the activities were being effective and uh, I felt like, you know, my experience from school was giving me what I needed and yada 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 yada. I'm not an actress, but 
put on my acting chops that day. And once again, I still don't think she really believed me, but I was lucky enough to have my parents at home who just wanted the best for me. And I, they didn't know much about these programs, but I told them that essentially that they were shit. And they were like, well, that's not where you should be. And um, even though my therapist didn't really believe me and my word that I was okay and that I would feel more comfortable not being there, having my parents call multiple times to tell them that um, I should be taken out was really helpful. And also it was the end of my uh, senior year of high school. So I had graduation, I had like end of the year events. And even though high school was like the place for me that kind of spurred a lot of these mental health and depression issues, I still wanted to be there for the end of my year, right? So I actually had real tangible events that and excuses that could get me out of the program um, temporarily. So actually when I wanted to get out of the program, um, what I kind of had to tell my therapist was that that location was pretty far for me and that I would want something closer by because it's putting a lot of stress on my family for them to have to send me and everything. Um, and that was a more believable reason, I guess, for my therapist than, oh, I'm fine. What ended up happening was she recommended me another program that was a little bit closer. And uh, yeah, I just never really followed up with the program. I don't know if this is gonna put me in trouble. I don't think so, it's my own life. But yeah, that's basically what happened and I got out of it. So if you're watching, you're probably thinking about a mental health program and maybe it's because you feel like that's the right place for you or you're just watching because you're curious and you've never heard about this and that's really valid because no one really talks about it. Um, but anywho, there are a lot of things to keep in mind um, for these programs. So the first is how is it going to impact your daily life? So when I think about that, I think about first location. Location is a very important thing when you buy a house, as they say, but it's also another important thing when you put yourself in a mental health hospital program. Um, so this one was recommended by my school, as I said, so I didn't really think about the location too, too much because technically it was the one that they said was closest. Um, but getting there every day, right? You're not going to school anymore um, and you need someone to take you there. My first few days, my parents had to take me to the program. My program was about maybe like 35, 40 minutes from my house and my parents like they work full-time jobs they're killing it um, but the program starts later than when they would normally leave for the job so I really really appreciated my mom taking me the first few days but I could tell it would really put a strain on her own professional and just life in general because she was trying to balance like sending me going to work but being at work late and I was like what the fuck I don't want to do this with my mom and it, I could see how stressed she was having to balance it all and like I mean she was stressed to begin with because like someone just told her her daughter was suicidal so that's pretty bad to begin with but it caused a huge strain and I honestly think me and my parents argued about that a lot uh, and then it got to a point where I had to have my one of my ex-boyfriends who was still like a pretty relatively good friend of the family drive me every day for 35 minutes to and back. This program was like hell for me and I had to go through hell to get there. The second thing is, do you have a supportive family? As I've talked about, getting out is extremely, extremely difficult, way more difficult than I thought. And that's because the therapists don't believe you and it's really fucked up, but I think that they just assume the worst of everyone who's there um, and they want to keep you there, right? To keep the program running, I don't really know. But obviously group therapy, so obviously group therapy is confidential, 
and I can't talk about the other people that were in my program with me, but I could tell for some of them that they had been there for like years and years. They had mentioned it in their sessions uh, with us and everything. And it almost sounded like they had no clue of how they were going to get out or when they were going to get out. And oftentimes these people didn't have really supportive family connections. So I think that these programs are a trap and because they don't really believe you, the kids, you need some sort of higher power, like a parent who has a lot of control, you know, to kind of pick you out of the situation, get you out of the little trap that's a maze here, and you want to get out there. Um, but for some of these people, a lot of their uh, mental health issues are stemmed by issues in their family. So they don't have that person to pick them out, like a little arcade game, and drop them out of the little maze. Um, I'm using a lot of random hand gestures and references, but this is all to say, you really need a supportive family if you're going to go in there because you need that supportive family to pull you out when you want to get out of there. And third, the trade-offs. So my big trade-off for me was missing the end of my senior year of high school, which is supposed to be this like incredible time. And because they didn't believe me, I almost missed huge like end-of-the-year events. They kind of almost didn't want me to walk at graduation, things like that that Looking back on it now, if I hadn't done, I would have regretted big time because they're huge, huge, huge life events. And I'm sure that if you are at this program, you're missing out on something too, whether it's school, it's work, um, hanging out with friends, you know. And especially, I can't even imagine if you're in a 24-hour actual, you know, like, not partial hospitalization program. You live there and they're very, very strict about who can visit, um, you know, if you can use your phone, who you can contact, etc. And lastly, I'll just let you know that just because these programs exist, it does not mean they're effective in any means. And this is one of the issues that I want to be most transparent about with like you guys, the community, because I really think that people out here, not here, people out there, uh, need to change these programs and you know the activities that go on and make sure that therapists believe in kids that are trusting in them um, because there's no way you can get better through mental health if you have people who don't believe you and those are the people that are supposed to help you. Yeah, so I'm going to try and figure out how I, single Leah Chen, can try and change some of these programs. But hopefully educating you guys is a good first step. So yeah, this was kind of a long and emotionally packed video, but as you can see, it was like hell. And, uh, glad to be out but there are a lot of kids still in those programs probably thousands and thousands of kids out there um, who are stuck there right now and they don't have anyone to believe them so okay yeah thank you for watching <laughs> and stay tuned for us to talk about mental health again um, sending you love sending you happiness sending you sunshine and I hope you feel full